everybody. Uh, welcome back to another episode of America's fourth favorite podcast. Till death do, do us, us party. 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 That's right. You're listening to the Leopard Tamer. <laughs> oh, wow. Uh, something go down the wrong, uh, something go down the wrong pipe over there, uh, Dr. Death? Coming out, coming out of my, coming out of my winter, uh, funk. Got a little chest funk. It's a little hard to do that. <laughs> yeah, uh, have you tried, uh, have you tried any tea with honey? I have. I've been drinking a lot of that, but I have not done it today. Just coffee, which I think makes it worse. Coffee seems to make it worse. I don't think that's right. Uh, well, you're not my doctor, so... I'm not, I'm, I'm not taking that opinion seriously. It just doesn't make sense because coffee wakes you up and makes you feel great. Right. I don't see how it would make your your body feel worse. I think it just. I feel like coffee wakes you up, makes you feel, feel makes you feel great, but it also like it has this quality where it's like it's kind of tingling through your whole body. It's kind of rubbing a some kind of like little Brillo pad through all your veins and everything. Like it's just got that feeling, like it activates everything. And when you've got a chest funk scenario happening, you don't want it activated, or at least you don't want it activated when you're trying to talk or every time you laugh, say, when you're in a, oh, when you're in a that makes sense. quiet movie theater watching the new Fifty Shades movie and everything that makes you, every time Jamie Dornan speaks, you want to laugh. Uh, it makes it really awkward because then five minutes, for five minutes after that, you're, you're coughing loudly. Yeah, and you can't hear the other really sexy lines that Jeremy Dornan sang. Mm-hmm. I guess that also tracks because the coffee would make the bacteria that make you sick also pumped up, right? Yeah, it wakes them up. Yeah, it yeah, gets them to be work. Fucking assholes! They grab their briefcases and they go right to work in their little Dilbert cubicles, mm-hmm. <laughs> making, making you miserable. <laughs> There it goes again. Unlike unlike Dilbert, who makes me feel awesome all the time. <laughs> yeah, it's real. It's real bizarro world. Uh, us versus the bacteria inside our yeah. inside our veins and bodies. So, as you can, as uh, the listeners at home can probably tell, this is a podcast all about the English band Def Leppard. Mm-hmm. Uh, if this is your first time listening, uh, you'll you'll be getting to know me over the next. Uh, I don't know. How long are these? 15 minutes? 20 minutes? Something like that. Uh, you'll be getting to know me. I'm Stuart Wellington, the Leopard Tamer. And joining me is my co-host, Dr. Def, Alexander Smith. That's me. So, Alex, uh, it's been a while, huh? It we has some been time a off. minute. And you know what? Uh, we've done this a lot. I don't want to do... I don't want to get into another sort of... D- that defensive sort of trap where we talk about... How it takes us so long to do episodes or so long to get to episodes. You know what? We're both we're both busy people. I think we're both uh, 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 have a lot going on in our lives. I've uh, been sick. Sound lately. like you uh, sound like you had to take some time to think about what you were doing in your life. Yeah, because <laughs> uh, it's not really much. I I I, I uh, I'm just saying I don't want to have to apologize for the fact that it's been what like two months since we put an yeah. episode out. I yeah, think, well, I mean you've been uh, you've been binging that Santa Clarita diet. Yeah, well, I've been watching a lot of network television lately. Oh, okay. And uh, yeah, I've been on a been on a weird diet of um, uh, vomiting and coughing. <laughs> and, 
And I just don't I don't think we should have to apologize. We we put these out at our at our own pace. And you know what? That's fine. Uh yeah, I mean, this is news to me. Do we get a lot of heat for our, our episodes not coming out very often? No, I just think that we've talked about it a lot. We've mentioned it a lot on the show because every episode, it's been like two months since there was another episode. And so we're like, well, it's been a while. We haven't done one yeah. of these in a bit. Yeah, maybe maybe it's like a fucking reoccurring bit, like something they do on Comedy Bang Bang. Oh, you're right. I should really I should be playing it up like it's a like it's a bit. That's what I should be doing. Yeah, like we're a couple of cool characters. All right. Okay, well, I'll take that note. I'll write that okay. down. <laughs> And uh, I'll make things a little bit better next time. You know what I, I do? I, but I do want to say it's it's it. N- not only should we not have to apologize for uh, being very uh, I don't know truant in our in our episode re- releases, sure. but I think uh, I think it's it's true to the spirit of the English band to take a long time between things that you put out. Cause that's what they. Oh, that's where you're going with this. That's that's also what they do. They, is they wait until they've got something beautiful, smashing, incredible, and then they release uh-huh. it. They also wait until all the horrible things in their lives have happened, uh, and 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 pass them by uh, in between in between uh, albums. Yeah, they allow that time to kind of create the album, almost like a, like a blacksmith at a forge. Yeah. Like a crucible. It's like how it takes, like, I don't know, a zillion years to take a little lump of coal Mm -hmm, and turn mm -hmm, that fucking mm -hmm. thing into a diamond. I was just thinking about diamonds. Diamonds take a long time, too. Diamonds take... Now, normally, to make make that amazing of an album diamond, you would have to leave a compact disc in the ground for centuries. Yeah. But in this case, we have... We have a Superman, in the case of all the members of Def Leppard to squeeze that compact disc coal and turn it into a diamond album. Yeah, so they're taking a compact disc, they're melting it down to where it yep. becomes uh, what like a like oil again, basically. The oil, sure, yeah. the oil deteriorates over time uh, somehow. Not mm-hmm. sure exactly how this goes. I mean, I studied Def Leppard it, in school. I it, didn't study uh, geology, but. Uh, I think at one point it actually turns back into a dinosaur. Yeah, it turns. The CD will turn back into a dinosaur. The dinosaur will lay eggs and then die. And then, mm-hmm. uh, and when it dies, it becomes uh, some kind of weird viscous fluid again. And then that is compressed. The liquid is sucked out of it um, mm-hmm. through a process of some kind of osmosis. It turns into coal. The coal is crushed. And then eventually becomes a, a diamond. And then that yeah. diamond uh, is used to cut a new CD, which is uh-huh. Adrenalized by Def Leppard, the album we're talking yeah. about right now. And as we said, that, that process normally takes, uh, if nature just has gets to run its course, takes, I don't know. 4,500 years. 4,000, yeah. Uh, but in this case, Def Leppard expedites that process considerably. Yeah, they do. Yeah, they do. With... Um, uh, uh, probably only with some what, kind a of, span of I think with like an analog synthesizer, I think that's what they do. They, yeah. They just plug in that analog synthesizer, plug mm-hmm. a few notes on that thing, and bam It's done, yeah. And that so and that process only takes about four or five years, right? That was the time span. Yeah, it's like between... five it's like five years between between the album Pyromania and Hysteria, mm-hmm. which we have discussed. If you're not up to speed on this, please go back and listen to our uh, our our pyromania episodes. Yeah, and then our uh, then episodes. rate and review us on iTunes. Yeah, you go know? ahead, do it, do it. Can only can only help. 
and then from uh, hysteria to adrenalize was also about I think five years, uh, five tumultuous years. In their in the liner notes for the album Hyster- uh, uh, adrenalize, excuse me, they mention that this album took a long time because of sickness, gear malfunctions, and also the death of Steam and Steve Clark. Yeah. Um, and they had to, I think they probably had to perform a very long vigil Yeah, uh, at, at his graveside. Um, so moving on, we've, we've already talked about the first two songs of this record, Adrenalize. Yeah, actually, you know what, let me, um, let me go ahead and, and, and bring people up to speed, if you'll... Sure. If you, so, <clears throat> as you just said, we are, three, we are three songs into Adrenalize. Bit of, a, bit of a just a sum up where we are at this point. Adrenalize is Def Leppard's fifth studio album, released in 1992, five long and tempestuous years after their landmark album, Hysteria, one of the best-selling albums of of all time, of any rock band. Uh, And so far, we can already tell, three songs in, that gone are the complex, worldly, nuanced, and uh, consequential themes of high and dry, pyromania, and hysteria. Uh, the, the politics, a lot of that, a lot of that complicated, uh, headstrong feeling has disappeared. The death of yeah. Steam and Steve Clark, uh, R.I.P. Steve Clark, and the yep. dissolution of the Soviet Empire, who was there for a long time, their primary political opponent. Uh, you know, it's written about in, in all you heard about it in your history classes: Def Leppard versus the Soviet Empire. Uh, the uh, the dissolution of the Soviet Empire and the death of Steve sent the English band looking for the simple, nostalgic urges of youth. Uh, track one, Let's Get Rocked, has Joe arguing with his dad, who he apparently lives with, uh, longing for a new domestic partnership, looking for a rock, Let's Get Rocked, looking for a ring. Uh, Heaven Is, track number two, sings of unrequited love, a uh, sort of surface-level teen obsession where uh where women are like as mysterious and unknowable as the afterlife itself um, teen obsession by the way is that store in the mall that i'm not allowed into anymore yeah you you're not allowed to go in there anymore they've nope they've got a picture of you up there <laughs> they have a picture of me in the window for some reason is it just is it a picture of you holding up a bad check <laughs> yep <laughs> It's this novelty size check that says, give me all your stuff. It's a, and it's I don't, a novelty check that just says, I'm a teen on it. <laughs> uh, so I think, I think what you're, the, the, your, the point that you bring up highlights how relevant Def Leppard is even today. Mm-hmm, because mm-hmm. like the way uh, Adrenalize is uh, kind of more simplified and kind of more regressive in a way, almost like focusing on gut or heart level complexities as opposed to brain level complexities. It's similar to like the modern American political climate. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Let's uh, let's answer everything in our guts and not, you know, maybe not pay attention to this, this extensive document that explains a lot of things, a lot of actual real physical real world problems. Yeah, that's what, and in a way, that's that's kind of what uh, Def Leppard's doing here. They're like, "Hey, don't worry about it. Let's just fucking party, dude." Yeah, let's just quote something we saw written in a banner across the bottom of a Fox News screen with like some ominous music behind it. 
let's just uh, let's just feel that. Let's just feel that instead of actually like I don't know, doing like finding something out for real. Sure. Yeah. Exactly. That's that. that maybe that's where make love like a man comes from. Something like perhaps. That. Yeah. Maybe. Maybe that. I. I don't know. There's a, there's a lot of possible uh, ways that make love like a man could have could have come out of a man's mind or a group of men's minds. But I, the, the only other thing I want to say about Adrenalize in general before we dive into this song is that these songs so far have been very, um, and spoiler alert, this will be no different for Make Love Like a Man. Uh, the songs are very straightforward. Uh, the Hysteria is an album of, very, of almost like orchestral builds and these long intros and, um, or, or I should say like symphonic structures. Uh, and Hysteria, so far, it's, it's just verse, uh, pre-chorus, chorus, so far, in a, lot, in a lot of these, in all three of these songs, so far. They go right into the chorus as soon as possible. Make Love Like a Man, in fact, starts out with the actual chorus, which is, uh, you know, sort of more classic pop sensibility than the, than the more elaborate structures of previous albums. Yeah, they want to introduce you to that chorus so badly. Right. They waste no fucking time. Like, they know this is going to be the next big jam, and they want to get it fucking stuck in your brain like an earworm mm -hmm. as soon as possible. Yeah, so let's, uh, without further ado, let's, let's hear the beginning of this. And okay, get... while you cook that up, I'm going to go get a beer. Do it. That's so. That's basically the first. That's the intro and the first verse. Stuart, what do you that's what do you what do you hear there when the when the intro starts? <clears throat> Are you talking about literally, or what do I hear like in a like? What do I feel? What kind of emotions? I'd I'd like to hear the answer to both of those questions. <laughs> okay, well, emotionally, I'm like this is gonna this is this is like a poppy little tune. This is like. This is going to get me out on the dance floor, you know? Yeah, it's just a jangly little guitar thing going dang, 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 dang. Uh, like welcoming you, to the, welcoming you to the party. Yeah. And then literally I'm hearing, make love like a man. I'm a man. That's what I am. All you girls. Yeah, you forgot, you forgot an important part there. That's what I am. Huh. <sighs> I forgot the hood. There's yeah, a my, my lyric sheet's missing that actually. Uh, I guess I guess maybe it's not in my lyric sheet because they didn't write it down because that was uh, just improv like on the day. Yeah. Okay, so getting into this first verse, all you girls around the world looking for a guy who's a real go getter. Yeah, every guy grab a girl, love her like a man. Make her feel a lot better. Yeah. Everybody. Yeah. Everybody. Everybody. Uh, all right. So, um, every guy grab a girl is, uh... <laughs> oh, man, we can't get away from politics today. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah. Well, uh, yeah. It's um, a lot, a lot, a lot there. That that could be interpreted a lot of ways, I suppose. Um, mm-hmm. But I, but but let's 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 not drag too much of today's of today's world's baggage into those lyrics, and let's instead look at let's look at the scenario that Def Leppard is painting for us here. Yeah, as it yeah. exists. Well, let's look at the world. Let's of, take it. What was this? Nineteen ninety-one. When did this yeah, album so come out? Yeah, different time, different president, uh, different uh, a lot of a lot of different worldviews out there. Um, <laughs> but, uh, although spoken the, like a real president. <laughs> uh, although I've said I've said many times on this show, it was a different time. It was a different president. Uh, this is the actually the first time that I meant it was a better time with a better president. <laughs> <laughs> it's actually like we gotta we gotta completely sh- like one hundred and eighty degrees shift our view of the political irrelevance or political anachronistic quality of these songs now because we're actually in the we're actually in a hell world that is the that is worse than however. However badly you want to interpret some of the sexist things going on in these songs, which I don't want to, I I have long argued that there's uh, that there that there's more to it than that. Yeah, it's not all just grabbing girls. Well, this that, that reminds me. Uh, my wife and I were watching the movie Hidden Figures, Oscar-nominated movie Hidden Figures. Mm-hmm. I've seen and, it, and and uh, afterwards. You know, it's it's a period piece, and it's about uh, three black women who were essential to the uh, the first man flight into space, I believe. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it was it's one of those, you know, you know, most of my life when I would see a period piece that highlighted uh, injustice, whether it was you know gender based or racial based, right. I could always I could always. In my head, be like, "Oh man, we've come so far. It's so <laughs> right. much better." But like, after watching this movie, it was so fucking hard. Like, my wife started like had a fucking breakdown the next day because, right. yeah, it like it it hasn't gotten better. <laughs> we've come so far and tried so hard, but in yep. the end, Stuart, <laughs> it didn't really matter. Uh, we had to fall <laughs> and lose it all. I can't remember which poet said that, but it's lo- it's lost to the sands of time. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But it's uh, it's it's never been more pertinent. Those words. We have fallen so, so far. <laughs> okay, so getting back to the tune. Okay, but yeah, uh, so- but I guess I guess the point of the point of that was let's let's. Let's paint this picture on its own terms. Let's let's be fair to the image that Joe wants us to see, not necessarily what we want to project upon it. So, yeah. clearly, we're talking about uh, all you girls around the world. So you're saying we should take off our 2017 hat and put yeah. on our 1991 hat. Yeah, but remember that Joe is very future looking, so we're gonna have to split the diff somewhere in there. It's probably like a yeah, two thousand okay. it's probably like Joe's image of two thousand four hat, right? Okay, so the world is coming to grips with uh the September eleventh attacks. That's the yeah. kind of hat that we have to that's the prism that we're seeing this album through. Yeah. And and Joe okay. of course saw that coming because he was he was very very smart about all things all things politics. 
Yeah, and he's he's thinking, you know what? I'm writing this album for a Stewart who has just moved to New York City. Yeah. <laughs> Perfect. So, and he's and he he's saying uh women need to feel better. That's a that's a Oh, yeah, clearly, yeah. There's a want here that is that is placed upon women. He's saying uh-huh. all you girls around the world looking for a guy who's a real go-getter. Uh yeah, so it's clearly he's he is saying that women are looking for you know a guy who uh, you know doesn't just doesn't just lay around, not a loaf, not a scrub. Yeah, exactly, precisely. This is an anti anti scrub uh, situation right here, and every guy yep. grab a girl. Uh, now every uh-huh. guy is um, potentially a problem there because most guys I think are are scrubs to some degree. You know, oh, wow. I mean, it's funny that he goes with the, he's singing a very different. He's painting a very different picture from the character he presents in Let's Get Rocked, which a character who, to me, comes off a bit like a scrub, Alex. Oh, sure. Well, sure. And like ir- irresponsible, not exactly a go getter. He doesn't want to mow the grass or take out the trash, which doesn't sound like a go getter to me. But. I think he means go getter like uh he means a he means a real strong lover, a real passionate oh, lover. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And a passionate lover is uh is is a different kind of go getter. It's not somebody who's going to make a lot of money or be uh or be responsible, but and he might he might kick you out of the car for trying to listen to Tchaikovsky. Uh yeah. but it's but it's you're a go getter nonetheless. You're a passionate uh-huh. person. And so he's saying okay. every guy, when he says every guy grab a girl, what he means is it's an aspirational thing. He's saying uh-huh. you want to be the kind of guy who's going to love the lady next to you like a man and make her feel better. Yeah. And I'm, a, uh, I, 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 we, I'm sure we've talked about this off mic before, Alex, but mm-hmm. the line, love her like a man, make her feel a lot better. Is he saying you want to treat her like she's a man so that she'll feel right, better? Right, right, right. Yeah, or yeah, is yeah. he this, saying this... that that by the way you love her, you should be like a man? That will make her feel better. And I think I think it, he's trying to say both things. I think he's bringing up some interesting gender dynamics. Uh, yeah, there's a there's a subtlety there that he is exploiting for uh, you know sort of uh, I guess poetic poetic reasons also to make you think a little bit. To put a, if yeah. you put on, you put on that twenty oh four thinking cap right here, yep. and you think, okay, so love her like a man. One means love her <clears throat> very passionately, very hard, very aggressively, and then it's also saying love her like you would your brother. Mm-hmm. At the same time, now if you if you think treat, that, her, treat her like an equal, yeah, that yin and yang, that uh, that duality there. Is the is is kind of the perfect love if you think about it. He's describing yeah. the perfect love scenario where you, where you're both fully giving with your like physical love making, and you also respect and love them as you would your brother. And this is and this is a big deal because this is a guy who previously had talked about the love between a man and a vampire lady. Yes, that uh, might be where think... he le- that might be where he learned it. Really, yeah, uh, she. I'm sure. Uh, I'm sure. Sorrow, uh, the the vampire in question, the the timeless uh, creature of the night. 
yeah, uh, uh, I'm sure she opened his eyes to, to many, many things about, uh, about relationships and, and that kind of stuff. Yeah. So that's the uh, that's the first verse. Do we want to get yeah, into? Yeah, let's, uh, let's listen to this bridge or or pre-chorus, whichever you want to call it, whichever your preferred nomenclature <clears throat> is. Uh, here we go. Sorry, folks. Man, you are really just dangling off the off the precipice there at the end when we got to edging us again, Alex. Yep, yep. When we got to when we got to pause that thing. Um, so if you can just try to keep keep that feeling in your spine. Yep. Uh, so we got a we got a little bit of gang vocals up front right yeah. here, man. Joe's not just there singing by himself. We got a whole band backing him up. Yeah, they go. And you they say, want it? I'm the one. I got it. I'm Mr. Fun. You need it. I'm Captain Cool. Yeah. Come get it. And I'm, I've am i come for you. Come on. Wow. That was almost like we had just isolated the vocal tracks from that song. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it sounded yeah, so yeah. much like it. Uh, I know. Uh, <laughs> so here, here we have Joe playing with identity again. He's Mr. Fun. Yeah. He's Captain Cool. Yeah, Mr. Fun, uh, we, we, again, Stuart, I think we've talked about this before, but Mr. Fun reminds me of those, uh, those British, like, children's books, the Mr. Men books. Yep. Uh, Which one's Mr. Fun? Uh, I don't, I actually, I looked this up recently, and I don't think... I imagine, don't, don't answer this yet, I imagine he's orange... And he's got like a long wiggly wiener. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I suppose so. That sounds like fun to me. Yeah, that's probably Mister. Uh, but yeah, we're, I'm talking about the Roger Hargreaves books uh, that okay. you, you that you you might remember. Mister said only like a man reading it off of a computer. Yeah, screen. yeah, definitely, definitely got got the old wiki. Really internalize that information. <laughs> I'm on WikiLeaks right now, <laughs> finding this information. Oh wow! <laughs> uh, yeah, it's very, it's very uh, classified. But there, so there's Assange just taking him down. I I thought that Mr. Fun was one of those dudes. And if you don't, if you don't, um, if you don't remember the Mr. Men series again, look it up. But there, I but there's like a, it's like Mr. Greedy, Mr. Happy, Mr. Silly, Mr. Funny. There is a Mr. Funny. Um. But apparently there was not a Mr. Fun, which is weird. Yeah. Um, and Mr. Weird. Fun, here's the thing. Here's the thing about, <coughs> excuse me. Here's the thing about this, uh, these two nicknames that he sort of comes up with for himself is that they're not, they sound like they should be common things, but they're not. Uh, to, to me, it's it's, it's kind of weird. You mean they're like slightly off brand? Yeah, they, they have... Um, so Mr. Fun is not one of those Mr. Men things. Then the other one is Captain Cool. Which is very similar to a uh, DC comic supervillain, Captain Cold. Uh, that's I think it's Marvel, isn't it? Captain Cold is Marvel. This is the other thing is I looked that up. And 
Uh, I thought I, – I'm pretty sure – I could look it up again. I thought it was pretty, – Pretty sure I'm right. Okay. Well, you, I mean, you would you would know better than me, but when I looked it up, it seemed like it was Marvel. Uh, but anyway, it, it – Let's see. Yeah, you're right. You're right. DC Comics, which is even weirder. Yeah, he's, because, a, he's a Leonard Snart, and he is a Flash villain. Which is weird, because I thought, when I thought he was a Marvel villain, I thought it was like that Marvel's knockoff of, like, Dr. Freeze or whatever. Um, oh, Mr. Freeze, yeah. yeah. Mr. Freeze. Uh, but, okay, so there's no, there's no, like, common thing known as Captain Cool. Nope. Uh, except, except there is a... Um, there's an Indian cricket player named Mahendra Singh Dhoni. Okay. okay. Uh, who his nickname is Captain Cool. Okay. But he's like a he was. Now again, we're we're talking about Joe's image of the future. This guy was like yeah. a, this guy was a mid two thousands cricket star in India. Oh, so this tracks. This theory tracks. <laughs> this Maybe theory he... tracks that. That Joe is looking forward in future to, uh, you know, Indian cricket tournaments and saying, I'm like that guy. Yeah. But again, I don't I, I don't um, I don't know why uh, these these nicknames are not more more common. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. You would think that they would have entered the uh, the like the general lexicon at this point. Yeah. Or you would think that Joe would be, you know, that, that Joe would be showing up at the Grammys or whatever. And they'd be like, here's Captain Cool himself. Yep. Uh, I mean, it, how much more clear could he could he make it? Than, other yeah, than I calling mean, himself Captain Cool. I am surprised that uh, Dire Straits hasn't written a song titled uh, Mr. Fun or Captain Cool to go along with Deacon Blues and Kid Charlemagne. Yeah, and I'm, I'm surprised that those song, that they haven't written songs about Joe Elliott, about how he is Captain Cool. Yeah, I mean, uh, I think, uh, what is it, The Night Flyer might be uh, about Joe Elliott? Yeah, Dire Straits might have multiple songs about the English band, if you if you really think about it. They probably have some concept album that's about that's about them, uh, you know, off. That's about Def Leppard hanging out off hours after they get out of the oh, studio. Yeah. They go play some billiards. Yeah, I mean, uh, I think "Do It Again" was originally about how uh, Def Leppard should just do another set of songs. <laughs> just, it's about how they should write Hysteria again. Yeah, they should just do it again. <laughs> or it's or it's the, or it was actually the suggestion because Def Leppard did record Hysteria again to put it on Spotify when they were involved in some like copy uh, some the licensing dispute with their record label. So they just went yep. and re-recorded Hysteria again at the uh -huh. behest of Dire Straits in the song "Do It Again." Oh, that's cool. Is uh. I guess I guess a lot of bands have been using that uh, that song as kind of an anthem because if you go on to Pandora nowadays, all of the if you ever have a Journey song or a Foreigner mm -hmm. song pop up, there are all these like reissues, like re-recordings that all sound like shit. <laughs> they all sound like fucking dog shit. I, that happened to me on uh, on Amazon Prime. I was just like looking around on that app because I have Prime, and I thought, okay, I'll listen. And they had some nineties. Check out fucking Alex bragging about having Amazon Prime yeah, over no, here. It's, guys, it's not cheap. Really enjoy that fucking immediate delivery service. Yeah. Oh, it's 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 well worth it, but it ain't cheap, folks. 
So yeah, I know I know you have that that uh, that addiction to just great entertainment like Transparent and mm-hmm. Catastrophe. Oh, I, th- I, th- I think they're they're terrific. Uh, so and it's well well worth my hard earned cash to uh, to pay for Amazon Prime to have those things because uh, you know what I work hard and I'm an American and I get to do what I want with my money. So uh, guys, this episode of Till Death Do Us Party is. Uh, I mean, could be brought to you by Amazon Prime if they want to give us any money. Yeah, that'd be great. A little bit of my money back would be would be great. <laughs> sure. Uh, but so uh, I was anyway. I was looking around on on that to see what sort of streaming music they had available. I listened to a '90s mix that had like some Everclear and some uh, some Marcy Playground or whatever. Uh, Dishwalla. Yeah, a little Dishwalla. And uh, and most of the songs on it were soundalikes, which I didn't realize until I had listened to it all the way through once. And I was like, these sound these this is like the the quality of these is very very strange. There's something very off about these. And then you realize afterwards that they're all soundalikes. So wait, like other bands are recording like a song by Third Eye Blind or something, right? Exactly. Like they'll get they get people in a studio to try to. They try to completely recreate it as well as they can, but it's so it's impossible to like exactly recreate because it's like there are little flaws and things in there that you just can't you can't recreate. Especially when you're talking yeah. about when you're talking about lightning in a bottle like Santa Monica by Everclear. I mean that yeah, or like it's been a while by Stained. Sure, yeah, you're not just gonna like. There's not some science. You know, you can't just put, you can't just dial your microscope in on the qualities that make a song like that great. Yeah, it's exactly. got to be like a little bit, you know, just it's got to be you just can't a little make, off. Yeah, you can't make it in a computer or nothing. Nope, you sure can't. So, <laughs> uh, back to make love like a man. Sure. So we we know all about Joe Elliott at this point, and we know that he's coming for you. Mm-hmm. And then we get into this uh, this pre-chorus chorus thing. Don't call me Gigolo. Don't call me Casanova. Okay. And don't call me late for dinner. Am I right? <laughs> <laughs> that that line um, was definitely in the song at some point. But you they were know like, it was in there. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure it was in there up until the fucking moment they pressed the CD and they're like, okay, we got to lose the line. It fucks with the song. <laughs> yeah. Uh, just call me on the phone and baby come on over when you need someone, when you need someone to. Two. And that's where we are. That's where everybody's, that's why all our listeners at home so this right is interesting are vibrating in their chairs. So once again, we're talking about Joe's identity here. He He's Mr. Funny's Captain Cool. He is not a gigolo, nor is he Casanova. Yeah. but he And he wants you to call him on the phone and come over. That doesn't sound like a go-getter to me. <laughs> Um, it sounds like he's making her oh, do yeah, all yeah. the work. Yeah, well, I mean, he's yeah, he's getting a little he's getting a little defensive there. Um, which is which is weird. Like he he just to to give yourself two nicknames in a row, Mister Fun yep. and Captain Cool, and then to immediately uh-huh. get defensive about somebody thinking you might be up to something. Uh, sure. Well, he's he's being very clear about the nicknames he wants to have and right. the nicknames he does not want to have. Don't call me a gigolo. I mean, I wasn't go- I wasn't going to. Uh, I so wasn't far, planning on it. So far, you've done nothing to make me think that you're uh, a gigolo. Um, 
Although, I, I don't know. Maybe you want it, I got it, you need it, come get it. Yeah, uh, that's salesmanship. I guess, I guess yeah. Uh, I guess we're just, we're hearing, like, the third part of the pitch, which is, like, you know, you got your, you got, when you're selling something, you got to, like, you got to invite them in, you got to let them know that, you got to let them know how hard you're going to sell it, but then you got to back off just a little bit to let them know that you're not being pushy. And that's what uh, Gigolo and Casanova yeah, is. You're making you're making your uh, your target. That's what uh, what they call them in the biz. Sure. Uh, you're the, making your the target. mark. Yeah, the mark. Uh, they're trying to. You're giving them the space to think that they're coming up with that decision themselves. Right. He's also pushed things into a very personal realm, into a one-on-one realm, whereas the verse is very universal. He's he's like calling out to every guy in the world to yep. you know stop being stop being such a you know one of these one of these uh scrubs or just some sort of emo-eyed millennial who's afraid to express affection for the girl next to him. Yeah. Um so and but then in the in these in, in these pre-chorus section here he's uh He's talking like one on one, like I've got what you need. So maybe he's planting himself into the soul of the of each of these men he's talking to, and saying oh. and saying here's here's hey he's saying hey guys here's the game. Yeah, it's like he's uh, he a pickup artist. Has, yeah, he's a pickup artist, or he just leapt into an. He's like. He's like uh, Dr. What is it? Dr. Sam Beckett? Yeah, Dr. Jumping into, Dr. Le- Sam Beckett. Leaping into, le- leaping into one of these man's bodies, mm-hmm. and he's going to help that guy close the deal so that he can maybe find the leap back home. Right. And so, you know, and he's, he's listening off. You might give yourself a few nicknames, like, say, Mr. Fun or Captain Cool, you know. Uh, yeah. You know, and, uh, and then, but, but you want to make sure as soon as you do that, as soon as you let him know how, how hard you can push... Be sure you'd be like, but hey, I'm no creep, mm-hmm. right? And don't call yep. me Casanova. He does the <laughs> he does the he does the British uh, little adding an R to the end of Casanova. Yep. So to make to make it rhyme even better with uh, baby, come on over. Yep. Um, and then when you need someone, when you need someone to, that's the interesting question because uh, I guess that's the sequel. <laughs> <laughs> when you need, some... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> when you need someone, when yep. you need someone two, that is very. The answer is three. Yeah, when you need some one, two, three, that's very, uh, that's very clever. That's very linguistically clever, and uh, and it does. Say, yeah, it sounds like he's listing. Uh, uh, sequel to something but i'm not i'm not adding anything to what you do your joke there <laughs> no so, no no. do my bit again yeah yeah let me let me describe Stuart. let me describe your bit to you or as i said before our listeners are vibrating in their seats at home yep. waiting to hear this chorus and Resonating i think it's like ca- caffeinated bacteria or like a power crystal i think it's time for them it's time for them to one it's time for them to two. It's time for them to...
What a chorus. Like we'd already we'd already been we'd already gotten a good taste of this fucking thing. Like they showed us this chorus right up front. It's like in a horror movie where they right in that opening scene you got to have somebody die a grisly death so you understand the stakes of the movie. Sure. And that's what this song does. It gives you that chorus right up front so you're like, "Man, that's like a teaser. I can't wait for the real fucking thing." Mm-hmm. And boy, do they give it to you. Yeah, it's a it, it it's a very it, it's a very open uh open like sort of stomp clap kind of uh yeah. anth- anthemic uh chorus sort of hangs out in that one chord. Uh it it's it just sounds like a ch- it sounds like a chant, right? Yeah, like this this should be an important this should be a part of every American high school pep rally. Right. It's that kind of thing where it's not – it's musically so simple. It's like a drum line or something. It's musically so uh, – uh, it so stays in the same place. So you could just chant this forever. You could just keep saying, make love like a man. I'm a man. That's what I am. Make love like a man. That's what I am. Yeah. Like you could just keep going yep. for forever, uh, which, is a, which is a great quality. For and it'll be essential to possibly like a fade out at the end of the song. Yeah, absolutely. But uh, uh, the the chorus doesn't stick around long. We we get a nice hearty chorus, and then it goes right back down to that next verse. Yeah, and there's a real um, there's a there's an uptick in intensity uh, that works really well when the chorus uh, drive dr- just. St- strikes an arrow right into the heart of that next verse. So let's let's just go right into it. Little bass thumping in there. We're back into that bridge section. Uh, the don't call me gigolo section. Uh, so it's, it, maybe that's just an important reminder, uh, to not, not overplay your hand to back off a little bit at this point yeah. again. Uh, Stuart, could you give us that, that second, uh, verse? Oh, of lyrics. Course. Every day, every night, take your little heart till it beats like a hammer. Yeah. Oh, Come on, do it good, do it right. Crazy little girl gonna stutter and stammer, <laughs> stammer. Right. So, uh, I got a, well, that was, that was lovely, Alex. Oh, thank you. So we, there's, we got a lot of stuff to talk about here. Yeah. Uh, every day, every night, that's pretty clear. Uh, that's basically a placeholder line. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, but, I, mean, I mean, but but important also. I mean, you don't you don't want to like clock into this kind of action. You know what I mean? I mean, it it could have just said all the time, all the time. <laughs> <laughs> it's not as motivating though. It would, <laughs> when you separate day and night, you give people a sense of of like real passion and dedication to it. So you're working in day in, day out. All no you know, burning sleep. the camera or burning the camera, burning the candle at both ends. <laughs> Uh, whereas to say all the time, all the time, uh, makes it sound like you're bored or something. So again, all the time, 
I don't know. It sounded pretty cool to me. Okay, so uh, <laughs> take her little heart till it beats like a hammer. Yeah. Uh, so you so you're gonna so you you got to be so consistent and, and and thorough in this that she's like a hummingbird basically. Uh, her yeah. her heart rate is up all the time because you're just going at it every day every night. Now, I would say that sounds unhealthy, but. I mean, what do I know? Yeah. You know? I, I, I would say I think doctors are, uh, are, are probably think that you should let your heart rate rest at least maybe a half hour a day. That's what I'm going to okay. That's what I'm going to guess. As, as Dr. Def, I'm going to yeah. say I'm, as, as the official doctor of this show, I'm going to say I'm going to put a little amendment to this to this couplet here every day every night take her little heart till it beats like a hammer i'm going to take that and i'm going to add in a little doctor's recommendation which is with a half hour of lowered heart rate per day yeah sure uh yeah listeners at home you might want to just splice that bit of audio from alex into your cassette tape yep so easy to do just get out your tape splicer his, his his directions at this point are uh, to do, you know, he gives you a when, which is basically all the time. Yeah. And then he gives you a end result. What you are shooting for is to make this woman's heart beat till, uh, beat like a hammer. Right. Now, let's does, look at this. Now, what, Stuart, what, does he give any kind of indication of the kind of quality you're supposed to, uh, approach this task with? Yeah. So this is the, this next line, uh, this is where the directions kind of break down a little bit for me. Come on, do it good, do it right. Yeah, okay, all right. Well, that that clears things up for me. So you're supposed to do it good and do it right. Yeah, I mean, it's it's similar to, I mean, it's it's like any teacher will tell you, the best way to impart wisdom to somebody is to lean over their shoulder and just say, do it good, do it right. Sure, yeah, yeah. So you're gonna uh, so you're gonna want to get out your you're gonna want to get out your flashlight and your uh, handy men's map to the clitoris. And yep. you're gonna and you're gonna just want to just gonna want to do it good. Just want to approach it with a sort of scholarly uh, uh, curiosity, and so, just try to uh, just try to remember where that clitoris is. Really, like just just the second time, third time, fourth time, you're gonna want to try to remember where it's at. And and you'll know that it's a men's map because in the bottom corner of the map is a little drawing of Adam Carolla and Jimmy Kimmel. <laughs> yep. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Uh, All right. So, so, what's what do you got to say about this last line of this verse, Stuart? Uh, oh man. Uh, so at this point, I'm I'm not super cool about this line. Crazy little girl. Yeah. Uh, uh, there's there's something about adding an additional diminutive to the the word girl that makes me uncomfortable about yeah. this love making situation. It's like a, uh, I, I mean, I think of it as like a, a, like a cute little, like he's given her a nickname at this point. He's not, he's not literally saying like, uh, have like, sex with a little girl. I, he's not. Yeah. Well, obviously, first of all, let's, let's make one thing very clear that what he is not saying is uh, a, 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 a child with a mental illness. <laughs> he's not, he's not talking about that. Like that's, that will just. That will just toss that right in the bin, right? That's not yeah, happening. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's, uh, that's... Now, crazy little girl, 
um, whether or not he's whether or not he's talking down to the woman in question by calling her a crazy little girl, or whether it's like a cutesy, uh, you know, um, sort of uh, I don't know, like power, sexy power play thing. I think that's up. That's up to your interpretation. A lot of people, some people are comfortable with that kind of stuff. You know, that kind of daddy little girl stuff. Some people aren't, yep. and we're not here to judge. <laughs> so, uh, well, this woman is uh, is going to stutter and stammer. Yeah, that, uh, and that line's kind of delivered like a stammer too. I, I, it's one of those lines we've talked about this a lot. Uh, it's one of those lines where I don't, I, I, I can't. I'm pretty sure I never knew what that line was when I was a kid listening to this album. Um, Crazy little girl. Because you you hadn't hit puberty at that point? Yeah, I didn't know about stuttering. You didn't understand sex? I didn't. I did, yeah, I'd never, I'd never brought a woman to the edge of stuttering and stammering before. (laughs) Sure. But Uh, it certainly, it certainly happens, you know. She's just so she's trying to I'm, deliver her monologue from Romeo and Juliet, and she can't get the she can't get the words out. Yeah, so this this verse, uh, you know, we go into this uh, we go into this verse hot, yeah. hot off of that chorus. Yeah, um, bass and kicks in and it's just thudding. I'm going to say for me, uh, it uses up a lot of the goodwill that that chorus is built up. Oh, really? So yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So you're not a you're not a you're not a big verse two fan. No, uh, I'm more of a verse one guy. That's okay. kind of yeah, how yeah. I self-identify. Oh, that's fine. So we we blaze right into another chorus. We got the pre-chorus yeah. and then another chorus, and then I think we get a little bit of a we get a little bit of a breakdown, right? Or is there the, there's uh, like a middle eight solo? yeah middle eight section? Uh, let's let's um let's hear sort of the end of the uh of the chorus into our into our middle eight. Uh, post-chorus section. Um, let me find that real quick. And this is a bit of a... The, the song takes a bit of a right turn that uh, I'm not even sure makes any sense. Here we go. Played that through the core, or I'm sorry, through the solo. Um, yep. Very, very, very brief, but very splashy, uh, yeah. high energy solo with a lot of bends and and uh, color. It's just it's just perfect for radio play, dude. Yeah, um, that is a that that's a great uh, great solo. Anyway, uh, Stuart, so you, I don't I don't know that you need to read all of the lyrics of that middle eight section but uh you can give us an impression of what the what that section is about give me some rock and roll little bit of rock and roll it's gotta be rock and roll little bit of rock and roll all right uh Def Leppard's used used the idea of rock and rock and roll in a lot of different ways in a lot yeah. of different um in, in ways that you can interpret it 
to mean a lot of different things. In some ways, it seems almost like a placeholder here that they're just saying, give me some rock and roll. But do we think there's more to it than that, than just uh, than just they needed a line for this section and they were like, well, we're a rock and roll band, so we'll do, <laughs> we'll, we'll say, give me some rock and roll. Is there something that connects this to the idea of, of, uh, of offering your, you know, your services to a lady day in, day out? It's tough to say. Now, normally when I listen to this part, I'm always thinking that they just recorded a little bit of extra material in case like a, a local DJ wanted some kind of intro music for his rock show. Right. Um, so they're, 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 this is about content. This is about giving, like, adding a little extra thing in there that somebody yeah, like could, that someone could repurpose. It's an Easter egg. Yeah. Uh, you know, in this, like, gifable culture, this, like, yeah. meme culture we're in. Which he was looking ahead to at this time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like how it, it's like how some of those later episodes of Mad Men. It felt like Matthew Weiner was like, "Let's put as many like gifable and memeable yeah. moments as we can." Not great, uh, Bob. Yeah, exactly. Remember that classic, uh, <laughs> classic line. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, I think this feels like a little bit of a non sequitur, but it's also you know it's pretty it's pretty helpful because there's a chance that if you're listening to this song, you might have forgotten it's rock and roll. Yeah, that's true. That's true. You might need a reminder that uh, that you gotta that that it's gotta be rock and roll. Can't be anything yeah, no, else. No question. It's also does it? It almost feels like they've expanded. Like Joe has at this point blown up and expanded the idea of calling out to the guitarist for the solo. Yeah. Like normally he says, you know, come on, Steve, kick it, or uh, or uh, you know, uh, I can't remember some of the or play it, you know. Uh, the thing you might yell, you might ad lib towards the guitarist. This is almost like the guitarist is, just steps on a platform that that will raise him up, and smoke is all around him. And he's and Joe is saying this line over and over again that he might have in an earlier uh, version of this song. Joe might have just said, "Give me some rock and roll," and then wow, 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 the the guitar solo yeah, would yeah. happen. But the crowd liked Give Me Some Rock and Roll so much. It was like Kramer bursting in in an episode of Seinfeld. The crowd yeah. was digging that line so much that as they played this song over and over again, they started dragging it out and they started saying it more times until it yeah, became like you, this big thing. Like he said the first line and he kept talking and the stage people were like, does he even know his mic is still on? <laughs> they're like, just leave it on. It's yeah. working. Yeah, the People crowd is the crowd this. is loving the build up here. Yeah. So we uh then we get we get a fucking badass little breakdown here. Yeah, this is something something very special happens here that uh as far as I know has never happened in the history of man before this time. Yep. And I don't think ever happened after either. Uh this is a <laughs> this this my friends is com- is a completely unique moment to Def Leppard's catalog and to the just the whole world. Listening we, to this part of the song, it reminds me of the time uh, I spent in Barcelona, where I went to the zoo and I saw a Snowflake, the world's only albino gorilla, yes. and I'm like, "What a unique, beautiful creature that may never be replicated." Yeah, I, I mean, Lord knows they tried. They had that fucking albino gorilla, fucking every other gorilla they could find, mm-hmm. to hopefully create. Another one never happened. He died without creating a uh, an albino heir. 
But uh, and that's why yeah. people call people they disagree with politically snowflakes, like pathetic little snowflakes, because they're like uh-huh. that albino gorilla, uh, completely in you know ineffectual, incapable uh-huh. of uh, of changing the world in any way. Yep. So only only, uh, only able to uh, look interesting and be I don't know be a gorilla, do gorilla stuff. <laughs> Yeah, snowflakes have a bit of what I might call a gorilla mindset. Uh, okay, elaborate. <laughs> well, they just they think like Snowflake the gorilla, uh, and they they have they they have a certain amount of uh, they're they're driven sort of by emotion and not by reason or rationality. You know? Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's pretty much that's what I when I call someone a snowflake online that's what I'm criticizing them for. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm criticizing them for having a gorilla like mindset. All right. Yeah, and you're so, tired of all this PC culture too, right? No, People I love PC use PCs culture. as opposed I, to uh, I'm apples. a big I'm a big fan. I uh, the lack of PC culture on television anymore is disgraceful to me. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Thank, thanks CBS. <laughs> The standards have just gone out the window. I mean, they can talk about anything they want on television anymore, and it makes me sick. Let me tell you that. Anyway, we've gotten way off what we were what we were setting up here, which was that for the first time and last time in history, Phil Collin, guitarist, sole remaining surviving non-fired guitarist of Def Leppard, Phil Collin, uh, has a Cockney rhyming rap. Okay. In the middle of the song Make Love Like a Man. It's called a Cockney rhyming rap because that's what they call it in the liner notes. And shall I'm we sure just hear I'm it? I'm sure you've done some research into the art of Cockney rhyming raps. Yeah, I looked up a lot of Cockney rhyming raps. Um, uh, there aren't any other ones by Phil Collin, and so the rest of them are kind of garbage. But here's the, here's huh? the best one of all time from Make Love Like a Man. <laughs> You can hear we're back. That's our third iteration of that bridge section of the of the defensive. Don't call me gigolo section. Uh, <laughs> Stuart, what is what does Phil Collins say in that very very distinct, unique Cockney rhyming section that almost kind of just sounds like another <laughs> verse? <laughs> well, let me. Uh, I hope I get this right. I know uh, with raps. You have to be really careful. Yeah, with, it's true. Uh, do you want me to lay meter. a beat down for you? Do you want me to give you a little like? Do you want me to do a little? Poof, ch, poof, no, that's ch. gonna make me nervous. Okay, all right, uh, all right. So, a little bit of love goes a long, long way. Gotta get it on if you really wanna get her. Never ever wait. It's a little too late. Love her like a man. Make her feel a lot better. Yeah. Okay. You you want it? Yeah, baby. I got it. Why not? I need it. Oh oh. Come get it. Oh, come on. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> Thanks for giving us that uh, that little, little bit call and call and response section that comes after yep. it. Uh, all right, let's break down this Cockney rhyming rap. Um, little bit of love goes a long, long way. Sure, absolutely. Yeah, I feel that way. Um, it 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 seems a little antithetical to the rest of the song though, because it, he's talking about having to hit her like a hammer day in day out um 
But Definitely a quantity and quality uh, argument previously, but at this point, Phil's saying, look, if you got a little wiener, it's okay, man. <laughs> yeah, but a little bit, if a little bit of love goes a long, long way, then I don't know that you need to be doing it you know, all day, all night, every, every day, 24 or 7. Uh, because that, because to that the rest seems of like the you, song. That seems like you'd be going a really, really long, long way if you're giving her a lot of bit of love. Which seems like the point of the song, but anyway, yeah. I, we're we're getting lost in this is like getting lost in the clouds, really. Yeah, uh, yeah. gotta get gotta it get, on. Sorry, if you re- no, gotta get it on if you really want to get her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, uh, you don't want to not get her. Is the point? Yeah, here. yeah. I mean, that's the assumption that this line is laboring under. Yeah, you you want to get her. She, she wants. So the to only get option God. is to get it on. Like, I guess. I guess he's arguing that like uh if you if you don't have sex with this woman, she's gonna leave you, yeah, well, that's true i mean that, that, who who hasn't had that experience yeah, uh never ever wait, it's a little too late. This oh. I think is a great line, I think we've gotten to really the the beautiful little chestnut of the of phil collin of Phil Collins' entire rapping career this is this is probably the best <laughs> the best line. Uh, this is the chestnut. Never ever wait. It's a little too late. Saying it's a little too late in the abstract means that you need to get moving because you're already too late. Your current status right now, men yep. everywhere, Stuart, yep. everybody, muscles, Danny over in the other room, my dog. Yep. All now of you're us. Just listing pets. Yeah. I'm talking to men. I'm talking to men okay. that I know. We're all too late. Okay. That is our existential state. We're too late. So we <laughs> need to get going. Right? Yep. That you should put on a poster. That should be on a poster underneath a mountain hanging on your wall uh, above your bed to let you know that you should never stop. You're already too late loving on this lady. There you go. Yeah, I guess you're right. It's really, uh, it's a really interesting sentiment. Okay, so after that, uh, love so her I think, like I a think man. A, I think a great Def Leppard uh, shirt would be a picture of Phil Collins' face. Okay. Def Leppard at the top. Uh-huh. And then at the bottom, it just says, you're too late. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Men, I, love it. I should say men, you're too late. Folks. Uh-huh. And that'll be, in, uh, that'll be in Comic Sans. <laughs> <laughs> yep, yep. <laughs> Okay, uh, and then love her like a man, make her feel a lot better. So he brings us back down to earth, right? There. Yeah, yeah, that is a uh, already a part of the song. That's yeah, it's a callback to to stuff that's already happened. Okay, okay. Then we get some call and response, and that leads us right back to the verse, or the uh, right back to the chorus. Yeah, uh, and then and then we're and we got a classic. Uh, I mean, there's there's no mystery here. Everybody who's been following the plot this far knows that what's left. Is a double chorus and out. So yep. uh, let's let's hear the. I think we got we got just about enough time. I think legally allowed to hear the full double chorus and out. Uh, let me just scoot ahead to that and play it, and we'll talk about. It.
that's a fact. <laughs> and that's a fact. Yep. So that's the um so that's actually uh I just re- I realized as I started playing that I I skipped one of the I skipped the sort of standard chorus. That's actually a triple chorus and out because there's a yeah. standard chorus and then it kicks into that sort of uh it feels like double time. I don't know if the drums are doing double time, but something really smooths out about it, right? Because you got yeah, the you got absolutely. the regular chorus has like that stomp clap clap kind of anthemic uh, like chanty feeling, and then the and then that happens and it's I think it's more just that that droning guitar sound that like na 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 really smooths it out. Yeah, uh, is that a, is that tremolo riffing? Yeah, you could call that tremolo. Um, yeah, 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 absolutely. Classic, classic black metal tremolo riffing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and, but so so it, so it basically what that means is it just it feels like it's picking up, um, and everything's culminating. Yeah. Uh, like like a like a love encounter. Yeah. <laughs> the one of the things I haven't really mentioned this about the chorus yet, but one of the things I love about it is how he he is not he, you know make love like a man. Okay, so he's he's laying that out there, and then he. The, li- the next line is "I'm a man," so you're like, yeah. "Oh, okay." Yeah. And then he confirms it. That's what I am. Yeah. So at no point it's it's very clear. Basically, he's saying, "Make love like me." He's That's saying he's the- saying, "Make love like me." He's also giving you the tools to sort of uh, indoctrinate yourself to this because if you repeat those lines, uh, you're you're affirming. It for yourself, right? Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. It's like so. A, not like only affirmation. Yeah, not only is it instructional coming from him. He's saying, "Look at me. Look at everything about me. Look at my cut-off sleeves on my Union uh-huh. Jack shirt. Look at my yeah. tight rolled-up jeans. My Chuck Norris's. Look at my beautiful flowing hair that is you know short in the front and then wavy in the back." Well, he doesn't want to get uh, to get in his eyes, right? Uh, yeah, exactly. Look at my hair that does not fall below, that does not ever fall below my eyebrows. He doesn't it, want it to accidentally get in his mouth when he's eating eating dinner or something, or or eating pussy in this in this instance. <laughs> yeah, I guess you're right. Not that he likes doing that, <laughs> but <laughs> yeah, we've covered that in an earlier episode. He's, uh, but he's saying, but he, but he's he's also letting you know that he's ready for it. Uh, if he has sure. to do it, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's part of he's that. Down, that's part yeah. of what that haircut is about: is letting people know that you <laughs> that it's not going that it's not gonna be a problem. That's one of the that's one of the many style codes of the '80s that yeah. I never really got when I was a kid. Like it took me forever to figure out the earring code, but I never even <laughs> realized there was a haircut code. No, there's a no, there's definitely a haircut code, but it 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 means a lot of things. Uh, it's oh, just a wow, it's okay. just a practical haircut all around. I mean, that's just an extremely practical haircut. No, so, it makes perfect sense. Anyway, so he's so he's saying here, look at me, look at all of that. That's what you're like. That's like, what a man is. Of, yeah, like, are you tired of getting a sunburn on the back of your neck? We'll grow the fucking back of your yeah, hair yeah. out super long, dude. Yeah, exactly. And he's saying that's I am the example. I am the Uber man. I'm the example of what you're looking for. Uh, yeah. I'm not the Uber man. Like I'm here to pick you up and take you take you somewhere. <laughs> that's not that's not what I mean. Is that what your Uber driver says when he shows up? <laughs> he says, "I am the Uber man." <laughs> Delete your Uber app, by the way. Anyway, so uh, 
<laughs> that's, that's the official position of yeah, Till yeah, Death Do Us Party. Party sure. Ah, so he's also like like we said, he's also giving you a chant that you can say to yourself. Like if you take a moment and look in the mirror in the bathroom, uh, and you think to yourself, "Make okay, okay, Doctor Deaf Alex, I need to go out there and make love like a man. I'm a man. That's what I am." It see. You're you're like ready to go. At the end of that, yeah. I'm ready, Stuart. I'm sorry. I got to go make love to something because that just yeah. got me going. So if you're if you're doing th- uh, a triple chorus, you're saying you're re- you're saying that line over. Yeah. What fucking six times? Yep. And then there's uh, that great that great moment where he you know he goes I'm a man. Oh, like really awesome. Yeah. I mean that. It's it's like a mantra. It's like somebody was making love to him, and he started stuttering. stuttering. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Somebody got to him in the middle of that triple chorus. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the, maybe you did. Maybe the, the listener got to him. Yeah, the listener. The listener is overcome and takes over the singer of the song in yep. the middle of that triple chorus. So, and then at the end, we get we get one of those sweet Def Leppard moments. Yeah. No other band does it this well. Where he, sing, you know, he sings that sweet final line. She's going to feel a lot better. Loving like a man, she's going to feel a lot better. He gets real soulful there. And then he turns to the camera, his eyes turn into cat's eyes, and he says... And that's a fact. Yeah. You're like, holy shit! It's like this. It's like putting a stamp on your work, right? It's just like <laughs> that. That way of like of turning turning it off. Like like he's not singing anymore. He just goes, and that's a fact. Which is like, uh, yeah, it's like um, it's and like a, a watermark. Slide whistle, yeah, like a slide whistle comes in. Or something. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Just you can you can believe everything in this song because a third party has now ju- not really a third party but like but you know his like trickster god character has jumped in and said this is all true. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, one thing. Uh, I mean, I'm sure it mentions this in the liner notes, but uh, but Joe Elliott's a notary public, so he <laughs> <laughs> he, he just he just uh, yeah he just validated this song. He counts as a witness. Like yeah. his, the, him recording this song counts as having a witness in the room for anything you want to get notarized. Well, they put that in there so they didn't have to go to a bank or right. a pharmacy exactly. or an, or a lawyer. And you can actually get married just by putting this song on because it's the, it's a witness and it's got his stamp of approval on it. Yeah. Wow. So we, uh, yeah, we, we went right through that little tune. Uh, we did. Think, we uh, sure did, Stuart. We right did. All day, uh, all night. Uh huh. All the time, all the time. Uh, so we, I think we've uh, we've come to the end of this episode. Uh, uh, there's one more I thing I want to do, Stuart. This was something that we. Oh um, wow! I, I better pump my brakes a little bit. Yeah, just to, just, we... just just drive slow, homie. Just a little bit. Okay. Uh, I I just want to do. Um, this is something I'm gonna because we've we're on the we're on the fifth studio album. We talked about this in the last episode. Uh, the the sequence of tracks is an interesting and important thing to me on a on a great classic album like Adrenalize, like Hysteria. I think it's the sequence of tracks is very important. And we talked last episode about great second tracks. So for the first five studio albums, what were the best? What was the ranking of those five second songs? 
And we're okay. on the third song now, so I'd like to I'd like us to discuss what are the best uh what's the or what's the ranking you would give these third songs of all the of all the great classic first five Def Leppard albums. So and those so are not- so those are in order. Uh Sorrow is a woman off on through the night. High and dry, the title cut off of High and Dry. Um, Stage Fright on Pyromania. On Hysteria, it's Animal. And on Adrenalize, of course, it's Make Love Like a Man. So, Stuart, how would you rank third songs on Def Leppard albums? Okay, so number one, no, yeah, number one is obvious. I mean, we, we, we said in our uh, episode about it, it's Animal. Yeah. It's the, the quintessential Def Leppard cut. Yeah, and it, I mean, it could, uh, it could very well be their best song. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to throw High and Dry up there as number two. Yeah, that's a good choice. Uh, then Stage Fright. Ooh, okay, okay, okay. Um, followed by, no, 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 uh, what's, uh, maybe, no, 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 it'll go stage fright, <laughs> then, then sorrow is a woman, then, uh, then finally make love like a man. Oh, okay. Wow. You put make love like a man at the bottom. At the bottom, you know? I mean, it's a, it's a tight list, so <laughs> there's no shame in being number five on this particular list, but that still says a lot about... Uh, about where you feel, uh, how you feel about this song. Yeah, it's like which of the five slices of pizza is is the the best or the worst. They're right. all delicious. I'm gonna say I'm gonna agree with you on a lot of it. I think Animal is definitely number one. I think High and Dry is definitely number two. Yep. Um, I, I I'm gonna put Stage Fright at the bottom for me, not okay. just because that song is a little is a little creepy, but uh-huh. also. Um, but also, I think Stage Fright might be my least favorite song on Pyromania. So that its presence, it, it, it loses out also because they put it at number three. And I think it's like maybe the weakest song on that album. Yeah, it's it's probably a B-side. It's a yeah, it's a it's it does not deserve that prominent placement. So it's like the worst third track on uh, on here. So okay. I think it's going to be Animal High and Dry. And then it's like I got to pick between make love like a man and sorrow as a woman, and they're like there's there's just a universe between those two songs. But yeah. I'm going to go ahead and say sorrow as a woman over make love like a man over yeah. stage fright. That's my list. And uh, uh, and that's I mean I, pretty close. Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, of course. I mean we're we are uh, we're like ranking the pillars of the Parthenon right here. It's going to be, it's going to be interesting when we get into, into, into song five or song six. I think I'm really excited about talking about those. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because you gotta have, you gotta have just the perfect sixth song. That's. Oh, wow. Looking, uh, looking at the, the back half here of, uh, of, of uh, this album. I think we're, uh, we're getting into some, uh, some pretty decent jams here. I'm excited. Oh, hell yeah. Oh, hell yeah. I mean, the, the, the guts of this record are are yeah. just phenomenal to me. Yeah, five, six, seven, and eight are all sweet. <laughs> okay, so uh, 
Yeah, so you can uh, you you can catch us here next week, promptly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm thinking sometime in May we'll probably do uh, we'll probably do tonight the next song on Adrenalize. Uh, yeah. Well, after we after we recuperate from recording this episode, uh, and and go through whatever our life throws at us. Um, but that that's it for make love like a man. Uh, please, uh, please send normally... us any questions you have for us at till death yeah. do us party at gmail.com. There's uh, two L's in till and there's two P's in party. Uh-huh. Follow uh, us on Twitter. We now have a Twitter account. Oh, uh, wow. It's at till death. Again, two L's. Uh, let's see. What else? Is there any other business? Is there any other housekeeping? Uh, I don't think so. I think we're good. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So you can normally find me uh, I've, on Twitter at, at FlophouseCat. You can hear me talk about bad movies on the Flophouse podcast over at Maximum Fun. And uh, Great podcast. Great yeah. network. And uh, yeah, that's that's basically it. You can find me tending bar at Hinterlands Bar in Brooklyn. Mm-hmm. Uh, my name is Alex Smith. You can find me uh, in lots of places. I'm online on Twitter at, at Lydia Burrell, like a woman's name, two R's, two L's in Burrell. Uh, that is the name of my, uh, I write music under the name Lydia Burrell. Uh, I have a variety of stuff available on Bandcamp and iTunes and Amazon and all that kind of stuff. Um I also make comedy videos and com- sort of comedy music under the name of Howl Dotty, H-O-W-E-L-L-D-A-W-D-Y, Howl Dotty. Funny stuff. Thank you, Stuart. Uh, but that, that does it for me, I believe. Follow my dog on Instagram, Danny underscore legend underscore powers. Uh, he's a real cute little boy. He's a good boy. <laughs> and that's it. Okay, that's all. Uh, so, uh, thank you. Thank you! Make love like a man. I'm a man. We did it, Stu.